0: Welcome to season four of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini and I will be your host. The season will be unique as we will be hosting guests from around the world who have been dealing with the impact of the coronavirus on their ability to care for orthopedic patients. They will share with us their personal stories, what they have learned, and their most resourceful solutions. The hope is to promote a shared understanding of the challenges the epidemic is posing to musculoskeletal care and to highlight the ingenious solutions that have been devised by our creative colleagues and their institutions. The best ideas when shared are amplified in their impact and beget even better ideas. So let's start sharing.
1: Hello, Jean-Noel. Hello, Stefano. How are you?
0: I'm really well. Thank you for taking the call and joining us on the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. We are starting a new series looking uh, to speak to people like yourself who on the front lines of battling COVID-19 and trying to get a perspective on the impact it's had on orthopedic surgery. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice and tell us about what your normal day would have looked like maybe three or four months ago.
1: Thank you, Stefano, for bringing this initiative. And let me start by one thing, sending my warmest wishes to everyone in the world fighting against this epidemia. Of course, we are not in the front line as orthopedic surgeons, but that uh, this things is impacting every one of us. So that's my best wishes for everyone in the world on that. So I am Jean-Noël Argenson, I am professor of orthopedic surgery in Marseille. Marseille is the second city in size in France, in the southeast of France, right on the Mediterranean coast. I am in a university hospital and I am also the director of the Institute for Locomotion. We are basically on uh, three hospitals in the city. Two are dealing with trauma and one on elective surgery. The two dealing on trauma, one is also dealing with hand and spine, the other one with tumor. And in my own unit, we are doing with elective surgery, which is mainly joints and sports. So as a total, I am in charge of directing all that stuff. It's about 10,000 orthopedics procedure. I'm in every year and uh, we are in a university hospital setting. And let's say all the area in terms of population, southeast of France, is about 5 million inhabitants. That's uh, what all about I can say about my uh, practice, my presentation, and the uh, place where I'm based, Stefano. Is that okay for you? Yeah.
0: Perfect, perfect. The question, so 10,000 patients a year is a lot. Are you currently still operating? Are the operations being limited? And how has COVID affected that practice?
1: Yeah, so on these 10,000, let's say 40% are trauma, uh, which is based on two hospitals. And the way COVID has changed the practice since one week now is that all cases of elective surgery have been stopped because that was a request from the government so all the hospitals and also the private one in France have stopped that so in our practice we have stopped all elective surgery this means that for instance the uh, the unit one based we have closed the OR so three things are remaining in the hospitals we are running is trauma infections and tumor so that means that all the rest has been rescheduled, or let's say descheduled, because we don't have an idea exactly of how long that will take. We took the liberty to deschedule for one month, but it's difficult to have an idea for the future. So, since that time, we are for our regular patient and new patient, we are doing we call that telemedicine. That means uh, we are having the patient on the phone, we are looking at their x-rays and we are giving them a projection on uh, perspective of treatment. We are still seeing the patient which require for the first post-op urgent advice. And of course, we are uh, seeing the patient for outpatient clinic after a trauma or after an emergency. So that's basically how COVID has affected our uh, practice in the hospital. Another thing I can say is we have also, in the two big hospitals, reorganized our units since some units have been closed and we have created units specially dedicated to COVID+, plus, which means they are now close to the uh, intensive care units in order to have them close if we need an ICU. To give you an idea of the impact of COVID, let's say I have the figures from yesterday on the country Uh, in France, it was something like 15,000 positive cases. I don't know if this number means something because now we are not making routine detection, we are doing detection only on cases with symptoms. But uh, on these 15,000 cases, there have been 500 deaths in the country. For my area, 5 million inhabitants, we have 1,000 cases positive, and we have 13 deaths. 75 patients are in ICU. So that gives you an impact of COVID on my area.
0: The idea of organizing these two units sounds really great. Those are just specific units for COVID plus patients with orthopedic problems?
1: Oh no, sorry, that's probably a, a wrong wording from myself. No, that's the COVID unit for medical problems and nothing related to orthopedics. For orthopedics specifically, the following change have been made. We are now only putting patients one per room. Usually we have rooms for two or room for one. Now we are having just room for one in order to limit the uh, contact cases. That's the first point, first change we made. When we have a case which has an orthopedic problem who is COVID plus, for instance, yesterday we have a, a wound of the hand which needs surgery, he was COVID plus then all the isolation measure are taken with the special gowns, the uh, glasses, the gloves, and everything. So that's for the patient which an association of COVID and trauma. But the unit I was mentioning was only, sorry, for medical COVID problem, not for orthopedics, of course.
0: Great. So I have a question. Have you guys been doing anything differently with COVID patients from an infectious disease perspective? Are you minimizing, are you changing antibiotic regimen? Have your infectious disease people suggested that these folks are at higher risk for complications? And also how has your anesthesiologist doing something different, like trying to avoid general anesthesia and moving more towards peripheral blocks?
1: to be honest the change for us is really a one week so i couldn't notice any specific change in the way we are treating the patient either for surgery or for anesthesiology for the patient who are COVID plus with symptom the uh, our infectious disease group are recommending the association of an antibiotic which is a zitromax And they are trying also uh, Nivakin, which was used for pallidism. That's a local trial. They make that. So the patients are having that for a few days. But specifically for the way of treating them, there is no, for the moment, uh, really different uh, changes.
0: Outstanding. So the other question I had for you was relative to your staff. Are you changing anything in the way you're having your residents cover groups or your your attendings, your faculty divide themselves into groups so there's no cross-reference, cross-contamination between the service lines or anything like that?
1: Yeah, there is also a very strict rule addicted by the government for everyone, not only doctors, but for everyone since one week. That means we are not allowed to go outside our house unless for three reasons. One is for work. Two is to get food. Three is to get health treatment. And force. you can do some physical activity close to your house. So, And the police is controlling that. So that means that based on this restriction, we have also reduced the staff we need in the hospital. That means that for all the people requested in the hospital, of course, they go to the hospital on a regular basis. The other ones stay at home, and we make a sort of turnover with that in order to reduce the contact of non-required people and the other ones. So that limit also the possibility of diffusion for the virus. We still maintain our discussion of cases, but instead of doing that physically, we do that on the web. So the residents are projecting that on the screen and everyone is either in his office or at home and checking and we still have this uh, discussion. Another thing we change also is our colleagues from the emergency department have a lot of solicitations. So, and we have less because our residents are not operating anymore unless for trauma. So we put some of, uh, resident of orthopedics directly at the emergency department, so they take care of all the small trauma and that's, uh, this is a help for the emergency department so they can take some of their staff out and put them on more medical things so that 's basically how we have changed that and, and Another initiative we are taking we are going to take this week we are going to land our you know the body exhaust suit we are wearing for our joint replacement. Mm-hmm. We are going to lend that to our colleague from the ICU so because they thought and we thought that could be a great protection for them because some of them were our previous anesthesiologists in our joint replacement unit. So they thought it could be a help. So we are going to set up that uh, next week. These are the uh, striker things that you have? Yes, absolutely. The striker one, yeah
0: yeah those work great that's a really that's a great idea that's exactly the kinds of thoughts that i want to bring out in this conversation because for example we hadn't thought of that it's a good one the emergency department having the residents working down there is really great too and like you said most of your staff is at home i presume working on research projects and catching up on a few things tell us more about what's going on In the country of France, obviously not as far along or as bad as Italy, you still have the healthcare infrastructure seems to be solid. Are there differences from north to south or east to west in terms of the COVID impact on the healthcare system?
1: Yes. As you remember, I told you the figure from yesterday was about 15,000 cases and 500 deaths. So at the moment, there are two main spots for COVID. One is in northeast of France, cities like Mulhouse, Metz, Strasbourg, Nancy. So that's close, not far from the German border, but that's all there is. one very important spot is there. And the second spot is what we call Ile de France. So Ile de France is all the main area around Paris. So that's a two for the moment main spots. To give you an idea, because in Northeast, there were lacking spots in ICU, the army is currently building an army hospital right to the hospital of Mulhouse. They also use their big plane to take some of the patients out of the hospital and send them to us, actually to Southeast, in Toulon, in Nice, and in Marseille. Another one went to Bordeaux in Southwest. So that's in the way how we can help this region. But people over there, especially the northeast, because they don't have all the numbers of ICU units you can have around Paris, are in uh, starting to be in serious difficulty because patients are arriving more and more.
0: Yeah, it's not going to get better before it gets worse. That's it's going to be a little while there before we get better. So that sounds like the I love the response having to build a hospital, sort of borrowing ideas from the uh, from China to immediately provide the necessary infrastructure to deal with the problem instead of instead of hoping that somehow the existing infrastructure can handle it. We know it won't. It seems like, on the whole, the system, though, is holding up. Is that a fair assessment for the time being?
1: Yeah. For the moment, the system is taking care of all the patients. I never hear a case where they have to choose. And for the moment, the figures I got from yesterday again – of the patients who died were either a patient older than 75 or either with a comorbidity like kidney, diabetes, cancer, something like that. However, having said that, I heard that for the people in ICU in the country, now they are starting to have people in ICU who are less than 60, which is a bit more uh, worrying for the future, even if for the moment there's a very severe case, people dying are most of them the one I just described.
0: Mm, got it. It's an interesting time for sure. Genoel, thank you so much for your time. I learned a bunch of things, I some really good ideas that we can share around how to handle this. I think the bodysuit, exosuit idea is really quite good. And I wish you the best of luck and hopefully we'll be able to touch base again in a few weeks and see how things are going.
1: Thanks a lot, Stefano, for your initiative. And again, uh, all the best for you, for you and all the people hearing on an international basis this uh, podcast. Take care. Very best of luck to you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. I'm Dr. Stefano Bini. If you have comments or feedback or ideas for future podcasts, please contact me at Stefano at docsf.health. S-T-E-F-A-N-O at docsf.health. D-O-C-S-F health. And while you're at it, you can check out the Digital Orthopedics Conference in San Francisco and all the content we have on that website. I wish each of you, your families, and coworkers a safe transition through this epidemic. Hopefully, the information you heard today will give you both a greater appreciation for the challenges posed by the coronavirus and ideas for how to combat it. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends and post about it on social media. If the man is there, more stories will be forthcoming. And if you're on the front line delivering care, thank you very much. See you on the next episode.